Hello, everyone. This is Mike Sedan with the Crucial Talks podcast. I just got back from Banff, Canada after giving a talk on the roles we play in life and how those roles and relationships we have impact risk. The Petroleum Safety Conference was one of the best conferences I have had the pleasure to speak at, and I was able to meet a lot of great people, including Mike Williams from Deepwater Horizon. He's a great guy. As you can probably guess by now, I take a positive approach to organizational behavior. I believe people need relationships with others, need esteem from those relationships, and that people are way stronger together than we ever could be apart. So it probably won't surprise you to hear my answer to a question someone asked. He simply asked, what do you do about discipline when you're trying to impact safety capacity? My answer started with an understanding that discipline is sometimes necessary, but that if we have trust in our organizations and we figure out how to talk to each other and learn from each other, then we will get better. In other words, we can talk, we can learn, and we can grow together. And that has a lot more benefit than just disciplining someone. It's my belief that in most cases, discipline doesn't really come close to what we get when we are able to remove discipline from the equation. Now, that's a simple statement. Let's talk. Let's learn. Then let's grow. So it needs a little bit of unpacking. Back in the old days when industry was getting off the ground and we had people like Henry Ford making cars on assembly lines and Frederick Taylor espousing scientific management, seeds were planted that showed people more as parts of a machine than as human beings. And like a mechanical part, if it was broke, you either fixed it or replaced it. This approach permeated throughout the cultures of our companies and still exists today. People weren't people. They were parts, parts of the machine. Discipline became something we did as part of that machinery. Besides the thought process about people as parts of machine, we also need to realize that discipline happens for other reasons. One, it's easier than what people like me, who are interested in things like appreciative inquiry, talk about. It's easier to discipline somebody. For example, someone takes a company car and backs into a pole. What caused the accident? Well, backing into the pole did. So that person is obviously either an idiot or they need more training or they just don't care enough, right? I know I'm being a bit sarcastic because in most cases, I believe people want to do the right thing. I don't believe people want to wreck or make mistakes just because they didn't care enough. But it's easier to go down that road to just write it up and discipline somebody. We feel like we did something. We feel like we have documented. We feel like we've met all the requirements. But do we actually grow from that? Does the organization get any better? Is it just easier to document the accident, write them up for it, give them some sort of discipline? Or at least just document it so if they do it again, then they get disciplined? I mean, we've heard this in progressive discipline for years. But is it appreciative? Is it positive? Is it something that's helping our organizations grow? Is it something that's helping us build the capacity to improve in our organizations? So how many times have we seen this? Human error is blamed for like 80% of accidents. We can find the active error and punish the person that made the error. That's really easy to do. It happens every day. And don't get me wrong. I'm not even blaming the supervisors and managers that do this. I always talk about the roles and behaviors people assign to those roles as guiding what they do, guiding their decisions. 
this is no different. If you're in an organization where supervisors and managers are expected and even rewarded for doing business that way, it's not a shock that this is the way they will do business. Let's listen to this clip, and then we'll talk a little bit about the psychological impact and why this can be detrimental to having an open, inclusive culture where there is trust and a focus on leading, learning, and growing. So think about discipline as you listen to this clip and how it can affect people in the organization. The 1961 Ferrari 250 GT, California. Less than $101. My father spent three years restoring this car. It is his love. It is his passion. It is his fault he didn't lock the garage. Ferris, what are you talking about? Ferris, my father loves this car more than life itself. A man with priorities so far out of whack doesn't deserve such a fine automobile. No, no. Apparently, you don't understand. Wow. Ferris, he never drives it. He just rubs it with a diaper. Hey, remember how insane he went when I broke my retainer? Huh? Come on, that was a little piece of plastic. This is a Ferrari. Get Bella. Cameron, I'm sorry, but we can't pick up Sloan in your car. Mr. Rooney would never believe Mr. Peterson drives that piece of sh. Piece of sh. It is a piece of sh. Don't worry about it. I don't even have a piece of sh. I have to envy yours. Oh, thanks. Look, I'm sorry. There's nothing else we can do. He knows the mileage, Ferris. He doesn't trust you? Never has, never will. Look, this is real simple. Whatever miles we put on, we'll take off. How? We'll drive home backwards. <laughs> no. No! Ferris, forget it. You're just going to have to think of something else. I put my foot down. We hear Cameron telling Ferris all the reasons why they should not take the car. In the clip, we get some valuable insight. First, we hear what happens when discipline is the baseline. Cam doesn't want to take the car. He talks about what happened when he was a kid and he broke his retainer. Then, they start coming up with a plan on how to hide it from Cam's dad. If we think about this in the context of our organizations, Cam and Ferris being part of the working group, Cam's dad being the organization as a whole or supervisors or managers. We can see how thoughts like this can be born from a focus on discipline as our main response to things that happen in the organization. We also hear Ferris ask Cam, doesn't he trust you? And then the response, never has, never will. If our organizations focused first on discipline as our main response mechanism, can you see how the message we might be pumping out is just like that? That the organization doesn't trust the worker? Never have? Never will? 
We also get to see some positive aspects of what can happen with trust within a group. Cam and Ferris are talking openly. They trust each other. They're looking outside their group to threats that are lying in wait for them. They don't see each other as threats, and that's why they can be honest and open with each other. So what do you think happens when our organizations lean toward discipline as our response to things happening? Do you think people are open to talking about near misses? Do you think people try to hide mistakes so they don't get caught? Do you think people are talking in a way that they can learn from each other? Many of you may have heard of Heinrich's Triangle or Pyramid. Basically, imagine a triangle segmented into three parts. The base of the triangle is a number 300. And this indicates that out of 330 incidents, 300 resulted in no injuries. The middle of the triangle is a number 29. For 29 minor injuries out of every 330 incidents. The top of the triangle is a number 1. And that means there is one major injury for every 330 incidents. What has evolved from this is a belief that if we take care of the bottom 300 non-injury accidents or near misses, we'll prevent the middle and top of the triangle from ever getting built. I completely disagree with this thought, but I do like the triangle for one reason. It shows us that there are a lot of near misses and non-injury incidents going on. So what happens with those incidents when we have a strong focus on discipline and a lack of trust of the worker, and we view the worker as a problem that we need to fix and not a solution to organizational incidents? If you have all those things going on, and you have this strong disciplinary program, you could fool yourself into thinking that you're taking care of the little stuff and that you're preventing the big stuff. But in reality, what we can see is that there's a lot of learning opportunity. But if we focus purely on discipline, on blaming the person that did something wrong, we lose the ability to learn from all of those incidents that happen. Now, the triangle is great for showing us that there are a lot of near misses and non-injury incidents going on. And if we have all these things going on, but we have this strong disciplinary program, we might actually fool ourselves into thinking we're taking care of the little stuff so that we're preventing the big stuff. I don't think that's true. Now, there might be some cases where it's true. However, do you think the chances are high that strong discipline prevents accidents or does strong discipline prevent discussion? Let's think about that. Does strong discipline prevent incidents from happening or does strong discipline prevent discussion? Do people hide things when there's a strong disciplinary program? Let me ask it this way. If you have ever been to a retirement party for someone who worked 30 years in an organization where there is a strong disciplinary program, have you ever heard people say, I can talk about this story now. I think the statute of limitations is up and everyone laughs. Everyone laughs because they know it's true and they all have their own stories hidden in their closets with all those other skeletons. This is why I think concepts like just culture and non-punitive reporting is so valuable. We're not looking for a way to get people out of trouble. We're not. That's not the point of non-punitive reporting. The point of non-punitive reporting is a positive view where we're trying to create an environment where people can talk about their mistakes so everyone learns and the organization benefits and it gets better because of it. Now, I understand that's kind of a big shift in thought for some people. All I'm asking people to do is take off the negative lens, put on a positive lens, a positive lens of appreciative inquiry. Because if we really want to improve our organizations, 
We have to get beyond the technical improvements and process improvements and move into human improvements. I think the majority of our organizations and our systems are fairly stable. We're right in the middle, though, where we have gone as far as we can with just fixing problems. To move beyond that, we have to take this positive view of human-based systems on how we can improve using people. As social storytelling animals, I think there is one very important way that organizations who count on people can get better. We need to communicate, and we need to communicate in a way that touches people and impacts their feelings and emotions because ultimately, that is how they make decisions. If we play the name, blame, and shame game, we create a culture where that isn't going to happen. People aren't going to talk about what's going on. They're going to be hiding things. We need to try to open up our communication through trust, through group belonging, through a shared focus on improving the organization. So not only does the organization get better, but the people within the organization are more motivated because they're cared about, because they feel like they're part of a trusted in-group. And there are relationships between workers and supervisors and managers and executive and administrators so that everybody is working toward a common goal of getting better. Rather than an us versus them, we need to create a we thought process. So in this episode, we've talked about discipline. I understand that discipline is sometimes needed in organizations. It always will be. I get that. But if that is our fallback, we constantly are just looking at everyone and everything is a problem to be fixed. And that can only get us so far. If we start to go down this road of appreciative inquiry, if we start looking forward in a positive way on what the organization is doing good, If we can open up communication between people and teamwork between people and improve the thought that everyone in the organization is part of the same group, then everyone will start being able to think about everything that happens as a way to learn. And by talking to each other and communicating with each other, we can begin to learn and improve the entire organization. I really believe that, but I think that if we focus too much on discipline, it's too much of a negative focus. And although we might feel like we're taking care of problems, we're not actually growing the organization. We're not actually learning. We're not honing and sharpening everything we do. I would love to hear what you think about this. Please reach out to me. You can visit www.crucialtalks.com and contact me. There are links there for email. My phone number is there. How to get a hold of my LinkedIn and Twitter. It's all there. I would love to hear what you think about this thought on discipline that might actually be hampering organizational growth, might actually be hampering our ability to build the capacity to deal with safety or leadership or communication. And also, if you could please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it, I'd really appreciate it because I do want to grow this community of people that care about people and care about growing our organizations and care about taking this positive view, this appreciative inquiry into improving human-based systems. If you have any questions, if you'd like to me present to your organization, if you have any advice for me or what you'd like to hear on the show, please reach out to me. I really am open to communication. Have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people.